When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome along to your latest edition of the Sunday session on the TII Network. My name is Craig Derrick and I'm your stand-in host tonight as Scott Patterson is feeling a little bit under the weather. Tonight joining me to look back on a comprehensive, I'll say 3-1 victory for Rangers over Hibernian today and all the other Rangers news that's been hitting us over the last few days. I'm joined by Jock. How are you doing Jock? Not too bad Craig, thanks for having me. Glad to have you on, and we're joined by Saftar as well. How are you doing, Saf? I'm well, I'm well, Craig. I uh, hope you are as well. Definitely, and a, a Rangers victory always always makes the weekend that, that little bit better. Um, as we said, Rangers won 3-1 today at Easter Road. Um, we'll talk through some of the, the major talking points in the game. We'll talk about what's happened on the park. We'll talk about some of the stuff that's happened off the park for Rangers as well. And we'll also touch on what what turned out to be a very dramatic final day and not, not in not in a good sense, but maybe not in the worst sense either for Rangers women's team um, at Ibrook. So we'll, we'll touch on that at the end as well. Let's start with the game though, Jock, and I'll come to you first. What are your, your overall reflections on the game? I just thought, I thought it was sort of a turvy sort of game for me. You know, first half, we, we started strong. We all tried to get in the front foot and then didn't, didn't take a couple of ch- early chances we had, so we kind of settled into the sort of the rhythm that we usually do. We sort of sort of revert to type and we sort of prod away and then um, you know got the goal just before half time, like not too bad. Then second half again sort of started not too bad again, but then didn't really do much. And then um, sort of second of late there's late stages of the second half we sort of grew into it and then. Um, not overly overly exciting, really, but again, it was good to good, good to get the result under the belt. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that what we hoped for was five wins out of five uh, going into the post split fixtures, and we're we're three fifths of the way there now with uh, Hearts at Ibrox to come on Wednesday, and then uh, St Mirren away on the final day of the season. Safda, we spoke in the the preview about expecting an open game. At Easter Road, we always seem to get an open game against Hibs these days. Um, it, it was an open game, but Rangers very much dominated it, especially in the early stages. We were it was a, it was a bit of an onslaught on on the Hibs goal, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was. A, I, I kind of for me, it was a kind of an end of season kind of vibe to the game overall. Um, I, I, as Jock said, we kind of dominated play, we dominated possession, we got some decent shots on target. Um, you know, I think Lundstrom had a chance. He kind of really should have scored with that one as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, we were kind of going out and about with it. being too decisive kind of story of our season, isn't it, somewhat, uh, in that respect. And we got 
obviously we got the 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 goal by Tav, which I think the goalkeeper should have saved that. Um, certainly in the first first half anyway. But yeah, so that kind of settled things down somewhat. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a decent start, kind of end of season. What can you expect? Nothing to play for really. Um, a good run out for the players as well. I expect maybe a bit more changes, but bearing in mind what Bill said, I'm sure we'll touch on it uh, post pre-match and post-match as well. And uh, maybe it's to be expected the the lineup uh, at the start. Yeah, absolutely interesting. You thought James Tavernier's goal should have been saved. We'll come on to talk about that in a little bit. We've got a few comments coming in. Um, Terry Monroe says the way we're playing is ten times better than the start of the season. Add quality up top and a few throughout the squad, and we could have a very good season next year. I think it's very interesting how people are are viewing these games and how some people are viewing them as well. It does it has no bearing on next season other than potentially a few of the players are playing their way into into perhaps another year at Rangers, and some people are viewing it as a real indicator as to what what next season could have and hold on um, in store for us. Cubby Cubster says, difficult game to judge at this stage of the season, but we got three points in style. Tav's free kick was class no matter what time in the season. Delighted had you scored and, of course, Cantwell. Let's talk talk about the, the goal that broke the deadlock then. Uh, Jock, I'll come to you first because we already partially know Saf's view on, on the goal. Um, first of all, the, the free kick itself, I realised the commentator said or were saying it was a really soft free kick. It was a it was a blatant arm across the chest as Cantwell was moving towards the ball. So he maybe made the most of it in terms of the way he went down. But that's that's football these days, isn't it? it was, but it was definitely a free kick. And then James Tavernier stepped up when he first hit it towards goal. I was like, "What are you thinking?" And then all of a sudden, it's it's in the back of the net, and you're like, "Like fair enough." He he likes a free kick against Hibs, doesn't he? He does. This is you said the group chat earlier. He's got previous to that. Um, similar kind of strike as well. Um, and if you watch the clips, there's a lot of clips on on Twitter saying you see Tab actually saying to Hadji um, that he's got this. I've, I've got this, and uh, you know you can question the goalkeeper's position, but I think that's why Tab knows because the goalkeeper doesn't change much. So Tab obviously sees the position and goes, "I'm just going to go for this. Why not?" Uh, you know, Tav's got that quality in and around that area, maybe you know, sort of more centrally at the box, just hits it, trademark Tav, whip and dip, and you know, keeper's beat, and it's, a, it's a top goal, simple as that. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that one. I thought it, I thought it was a really, a really top goal. Saf, I assume you're not taken away from the fact it was a good goal. No, I mean, no don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, the angle, the angle, the free kick, kind of 50 50. I've seen it, as you know. In Scottish football, you see him not given, you know, in terms of Cantwell, did he go down too too quickly? But there was a hand across the chest. Great angle. The angle is really tight, really tough angle to, to score from, from there. But he did well to get that across and then. But for me, I thought um, if it was the other way around, if it was uh, if it was against Rangers, against us, and, and, and our goalkeeper didn't do better with it, you would think, you know, that, that's a poor, that's a poor positioning, poor judgment. On the keeper, but yeah, you can't take away the dip, the swerve, the pace. Um, exceptional. Your has been on fire with his free kicks, as you know. Um, more recently, so you know, well done for 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 doing that. Absolutely, and I, th- I always think once you break the deadlock in these games, it's 
it's it's a it's a whole other ball game, and the other team has to come out a bit more. They have to. It gives us a bit more space to play, and that's when we can utilize players like Fashion Sakala with our pace and getting behind them. Albeit that Fashion Sakala is maybe not the player you quite want to rely on every single game to be to be racking up all the goals. Um, Jock four hundredth appearance for James Tavernier today for Rangers, which is an incredible amount if you think back all the, all the way to when he, he first joined the club. Yep. Can you can you sum up? I guess it's there's been lots of of discussion of whether James Tavernier should be in the Hall of Fame, whether he's he should remain as Rangers captain. Can you sum up what what you think James Tavernier has really contributed to Rangers in his time at the club so far? The stats alone speak for themselves. You know, his stats are ridiculous. Every season he, he's contributing contributing goals, contributing assists. Uh, has has been set foot in the door, like you say, his first his first game for Rangers was against Hibs. He scored a free kick that game, so it's quite fitting that it's in our game against Hibs for four hundred games. Um, a large portion of those games have been in Europe, especially particularly last season, season before he was free scoring in Europe as well. So he's he's done it all as Rangers captain, really. You know, and you can't really ask any more. It's I think the only question I think we really have is maybe the, the trophy hall under the, under his appearances. But apart from that, you can't ask any more from the guy. He's done everything and he's continuing to do so. Absolutely. He's, he's, Saf, he's a player that's comes under quite a bit of criticism at times from Rangers fans, I think unfairly in quite a lot of occasions. He's never been a, he's, he's never been a great defender, but I think he's definitely improved as a, as a defensive player over, over his time at Rangers. But what he also offers us going forward is is invaluable to us as we as we see. I think the Rangers Player of the Year awards are, are taking place just now. We'll probably speak about that tomorrow night's podcast rather than tonight because they're ongoing. But I see he's picked up the Sam English ball for being Rangers top goal scorer this season. Jock mentioned the European contributions he made last year. He's um he's grown into a real stalwart of this this modern Rangers team, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, he's obviously his strengths. Well, he's a okay defender, and, and he and he's got that pace to get back. Obviously, going forward, he's given us so much over the last few years. You're talking about fifty-five season. We're talking about the uh, Europa League run uh, last year as well. And you can't really fault him. He's coming up against the goods under pressure. Under pressure penalties he's taken from from memory. Um, you know that free quick kick more recently at Celtic Park, um, and so on. So he deserves all the allocates that that that's gone his way. You know, you know, obviously Hall of Fame. Uh, as Jock said, you know, trophies have been the big gap, isn't it? You know, not not winning enough trophies, and I'm sure when he looks back, um, the Europa League uh, will hurt a lot for him because he did a lot during that that run as well. You know, the the penalties there. You know, it was a trademark tough, you know, back post, he's there to slot it in the net, you know, in during that run. Um but yeah, you can't fault me. I think he's done really well for, 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 for Rangers. And as well as that, for I think for 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 me personally and for others, you know, being, you know, a, a, a captain of colour as well. I think that's important. Um uh, in that sense as well, to represent Rangers, represent the fan base, represent the club. And I think he's done that very honourably as well. I think we shouldn't forget that as well as a kind of global, global Rangers as a kind of global football brand and so on as well. I think that's important to kind of acknowledge. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think um James I think James Tavernier as a as a representative of Rangers is but I don't think we could ask for much more, to be honest. I think it is just the it's, it's the gap in terms of how many how many trophies he has lifted for Rangers. There's a there's a lot of discussion over um how many it should have been and how many it needs to be for him to be considered a legend in the longer term for Rangers and that's that's yet to be seen. But I think his contribution on the pitch has has been stellar a lot of the a lot of the time. As I say, he's improved defensively. He's, he, he is open to criticism quite a lot from from Rangers fans, and sometimes they go to scapegoat in in some occasions, and perhaps unfairly. I think James Tavernier will be a an important part of our defence going into next season, and hopefully that will be a much more successful season in terms of trophies. I was going to touch on this point later, Jock, but I'll, I'll make I'll, RFC seventy twos brought up, so I'll. I'll mention it now. Um, he said it's actually embarrassing that our right back is our top scorer, near enough every season, and not our attackers. I think that's a real that's that's not a slight on James Tavernier, and I wouldn't take it as a slight on James Tavernier. The the number of goals he's actually contributed, or the number of goal contributions in terms of goals and assists he's made over in recent years have been, as I said before, invaluable and they are um they continue to be. But our strikers and the amount of chances that we create for our strikers, it should be a it should be a, a forward player that's that's picking up that top scorer accolade every single year, shouldn't it? Yeah, that's you know that that's what we need as a profit goal scorer. It's something we've we've lacked for years now, and we've been fortunate that other players and the team are stepping up and contributing more goals. And Tav's the prime example of that. Um, you know, not just from his penalties, free kicks, his goals that he scores in open play, he does for a right back his goal contribution that is ridiculous. And again, this is in our season where he's got top goal scorer, and it just shows you how how far we're falling and from goal contributions up front. And it's something that we seriously need to address if we want to win the league next year. Yes, after I imagine, or I hope. Um, as well as imagine that the vast majority of our transfer budget will be spent in the forward areas. And I hope that the biggest sum we pay for a player this summer will be on a, a starting number nine. Would you agree with that? 100%. I mean, I think I think the our, our FC simply sums it up. It is embarrassing. You know, you know our, I'm, I'm old enough to remember McCoy's being a regular top goal scorer uh, amongst others. And, and that, that's the way it always should be. And to see our right backs, the top goal scorer, or top assist, or whatever, is, is a bit of a joke. Um, and you're right. I think again, I've made the point in previous um, uh, pods that we need to throw a massive budget this summer into into the club. When I say massive, I mean big. And and, and as you say, Craig, hopefully a, a majority of that either into one or two number nine strikers, call it what you want. Um, to to lead that forward line and to get us that consistent 15 20 goals 25 plus goals that we had in the past and um, that's the decisive that's important and the uh, bill needs, needs to be given the the money the backing to do that and fingers crossed he will he, he will get that and he will get the right people to to take that forward absolutely robbie rfc 1872 says 
Shankland or Nisbet should be priority, both proven in this league, especially Shankland. We saw Kevin Nisbet today he hit the post with a header, I think it was the closest that he, that he came to scoring. But there's been a lot of talk about either, both of these players potentially coming to Rangers, particularly on this podcast as well. We spoke up quite a bit on the preview about the, the value that we feel um, Kevin Nisbet could potentially bring. <coughs> To Rangers, not necessarily as the starting striker, but as a as a backup second striker, almost competing with Antonio Cholak for that role. But what I thought was was really impressive was how he was marshaled today, both by John Sutter and by uh, Leon King, um, who both impressed today. It was a centre half partnership that I had concerns about when I first saw it. I think that comes more from how we've played previously and. Connor Goldson's absence and, and a, Easter Road being a place that we have struggled in the past and they tend to run at is I was I was a wee bit concerned about the absence of Connor Goldson, but it turns out that I had absolutely no need to be to be worried. Jock John Sutter, first of all, he has he's he's really impressed since he's came back from his, his latest injury. He's seems to have turned around a lot of the negative opinions towards him that, that a lot of Rangers fans had, probably because he was out injured for so long and they thought that was that's always going to be he's just going to turn into another Philip Hollander effectively and we'll never see him play. But he is um he's a really impressive defender. He's a, a bit of a no nonsense defender, but he's also good with the ball at his feet. And I think he has cemented that his starting role in the team, um, even when Connor Goldson's back I think it will be Goldson and Suter rather than any other partnership that lines up for us. Yeah, um, I would have said probably about seven, eight weeks ago, your starting centre-back partnership would have been uh, Goldson Davies and Suter wasn't getting a look in, but Suter's come in and took his chance with both hands. Um, like you say, he's good with the ball at his feet. His passing range today was phenomenal. Some of the passes he was picking out from deep was brilliant, and it was really sort of turned Hibs over and got us on the front foot um, quite quick in transition, which was good to see. Um, and there was a couple of instances where he just absolutely bullied Nisbet. Nisbet didn't get a chance, and especially down the sort of the corner when he was, he was taking him out wide, he was forcing him out wide. Um, he looked very composed, and like you say, no nonsense, and that's something I think we've really needed in the, in the centre of the defence is somebody who's just not going to muck about and just deal with things. Yeah, absolutely. I think John Sutter provides the foil to Connor Goldson, I think, in terms of the, the physicality that he offers, the, the willingness to go and win the ball and win that first ball. Ben Davies, when he was playing, and I've, I quite like Ben Davies, if I'm honest. He struggled in a few games. He's had a couple of two or three game runs where he's made... A few mistakes, but overall, I, I liked Ben. Da I, I like Ben Davies. I thought his passing range was was really impressive. I I thought once once he worked out how to play against each player, he, he would take the first five ten minutes or so to work out how to play against a player, but then he would dominate them for for the rest of the game. John Suter just off seems a wee bit more assured, I think, particularly in in games against the um, the lesser teams within the league. Saf, have you been impressed with, with John Suter since he's came back into the team? Yeah, in, in the main in in the main, yes. I mean obviously he made that mistake uh at Parkhead, wasn't it? Um yeah. he made that mistake at Parkhead. So that, that was a bit of a downer. But notwithstanding that, um certainly last week, last week against Celtic and even today, he kinda I mean that kinda 
Ghost and Sutra partnership seem to be really working, kind of gelling, you're kind of clicking, I guess. It takes time, the chemistry, the the positioning or whatever. Um, and who knows, hopefully next season it kicks on. Obviously, uh, Connor is injured now, uh, but seems to be promising. And, and today he, he strolled at he, he positioning, his distribution, as Jock said as well, and going forward was, was pretty solid. Okay, it's hips, but uh, fingers crossed, time of things to come. He's been that injured for the best part of this season. He's really, really coming in. Um, he's a solid defender. He can defend well and, 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 and cleanly. Um, and hopefully the worst is behind uh, him and us, and we can get a decent defensive partnership that we've been lacking. Because, gosh, we've been leaking goals crazy uh, this season for, for many reasons. Yeah, there's a plenty of comments coming in complimenting, complimenting John Suter as well. John Weir says Suter strolled it. If he keeps his fitness, he can become a big player for us. Completely agree with that one. Paul McGarrigal thought Suter had a great game. He strolled it. Um, so there's there's lots of lots of people are, are on the John Suter train um, to use a, a Ross Chalmers phrase, and um, I think he's, he'll, he'll definitely be one that that, that we continue to see looking forward. Cubby Cubster uh, saying Suter was solid today against Hibs, can make the tackle, good with a pass, reads the game well, and always wanting to support. It's um, he's showing all the qualities I think we hoped to see. From John Sutter when he when he first signed for us, and long may that long may that continue. Um, talking about his his defensive partner, I guess Jock today, Leon King, he's been out of the first team for a while, albeit he's probably probably been training with the continued to train with the first team. He's not been in many squads. He's made the he's made the odd appearance on the bench, but not not made it onto the park. I was a heavy critic of Leon King in the early parts of this season, like I assume many people where especially around the Champions League run, potentially a little bit unfair on him when he was partnered with a, a six foot tall central midfielder at, at the back when he's come up against the likes of, of Salah and Diogo Jota and, and the players of that calibre. So potentially a bit unfair of him um, from my side on the criticism. I thought he played well today and like I said at, at the start when we first started discussing the, the central defensive partnership, both him and Sutter marshalled Kevin Nisbet, who is one of the league's most dangerous strikers. They both marsh marshalled him really well today. Yeah, I think, like you say, that when you first seen the team lineup, you were a wee bit like, oh, right, okay, this is, you know, they're going to be up against it. They're going to be a, a bit of a challenge with this. Um, and like you say, that he, he's, whenever he came into the lineup, he was 18 and he was thrown in into the deep end and he had no real sort of first team experience. To this and then he's come on the Champions League, and especially the game at Ibrox. You know, they were coming at 1 1 at half time, and then next thing they bring on Salah and they bring on Flippin Firmino and <laughs> baptism of fire there, and then it just all fell apart. But it's no Goldson come off in that game as well, so the, the, the center back partnership changed. So he's had a lot thrown at him in quite a short period of time. So I can understand why Beale, when he came in, sort of took him out of that and just sort of embedded him back in and like. Gets confidence back now. He's nineteen now, and Beals wanted to work with him for a while. He said that in his press conferences, so it was good to see him come in. And he didn't put a foot wrong. He was solid. He was composed, and he'll have used those those batterings that we've took in the Champions, especially against that quality opponent. He'll have used that to his advantage, and I'm sure he'll have sat and he'll watched what to do and how to you know how to go about things differently and marshal those sort of caliber of players now when it 
whenever you step into the Scottish Premier League, the calibre is going to be totally different. So he should be able to, it should be bread and butter, really. Yes, Saf, I've I've suggested, I think more than I think more than suggested that that Leon King probably won't make it as a first team player at Ibrox. I think the jury's definitely out on that one. Do you? How do you view Leon King and and his ability and and where he sits? I, I assume he will continue to be fourth choice centre back next yeah, season in the first team. I, I mean, I take your point, uh, Craig. I think obviously Champions League was brutal. It was brutal for every Rangers player, notwithstanding Leon King. Um, clearly, they suffered a lot because of the goals conceded. Um, I would kind of agree with you. Um, he may not make it at Rangers because uh, because of the standards that we need to set in terms of uh, player standards and ability uh, and certainly in the defensive side but that's not to say he won't make it elsewhere and obviously Beal's got a track record clearly with his past coaching abilities with the youth and younger players and maybe he's saying look you know I'm going to give you a chance you know he's seen him obviously from from previous his previous time as well and uh, certainly as a, as a as a backup choice for next season going forward maybe what what he gets whether that's good enough for him as his ambitions you know I, I don't know um he's he's been solid when he's come on certainly domestically from whenever i've seen him but not spectacular um but let's see let's see we, we need we need solid defenders there um that no frills do the job good distribution uh, i mean i saw something in the comments about corner goals and now maybe he's going to become injury prone so I don't know I don't know maybe we need a bit more backup but yeah I would kind of agree with you he may not make it at Rangers but I'm sure Bill will give him every chance to to do so in the in the right way irrespective of the fact that he's come from the youth setup and all the rest of it yeah I think Leon King has time on his side which is which is good for him he's come into the first team squad at a particularly early age he's played probably more first team minutes at this stage of his of his career than he thought he would. And he's he's made a bit of an impression in those which is which has seen him continue in the first team squad. He's definitely part of the first team makeup for, for next year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He's probably got next season and potentially one more after that to try and cement a, a place um at least as a as a the first backup centre half, if not in the in the starting lineup, whether he can do that or not, I have my doubts. But I'll be, um, I'm definitely up for giving him, giving him the chance to to prove himself. And if he if he proves himself and proves me wrong, no one will be happier than me. Saf, you mentioned a bit about Connor Goldson. There's plenty of comments coming in about Connor. Plenty of crazy comments coming in. I think, in my opinion, about about Connor Goldson. Um, the one you mentioned, Saf, was from Dale Ritchie, who says Goldson's at an age where he's injury prone now. Um, Stephen Fay says get rid of Goldson. David Hutchison says Goldson always blames someone else, never holds his hands up. And then Robbie RFC 1872 comes in with the balance and says Goldson is the best centre-back in the league. Staying with you, Saf, Michael Beal said, I think it was in his pre-match press conference that or his pre-match interview today that Conor Goldson's out for 10 weeks. I think it's six weeks in a protective boot, and then it'll be another four weeks after that until he's available for first-team selection. That takes us pretty close to the first Champions League qualifier for next season. Is that a concern for you? Yes, yeah, a concern, um, but I suppose it's a good 10 weeks to be out rather now than, than any other time. Hopefully any injury he's got can be cleared up in that, in that close season. 
Uh, and I cannot disagree with many of those comments. I think Conor Goldson is a very, very good defender. We miss Conor Goldson when he was out earlier on in the season. Um, and when he came back, obviously, his distribution is also very, very good as well. Um, clearly, he's not going to be the same. He's maybe coming close to some of his peak in terms of performance and, and so on. And uh, I was surprised as anybody when he re-signed last, uh, this time last year, essentially, after being out of contract. But is a positive. And, and as I said earlier, that partnership with Suter seems to be gelling. Certainly clicked. It was very interesting last week observing that and, and watching that. And I'm hoping uh, it's 10 weeks he comes out. Champions League qualifier is very, um, I don't know if you're going to touch on it, but it'll be very, very important for us um, for many reasons uh, this season as well. So hopefully he comes in into that partnership. He has a, a bit of a decent um, um, pre-season. Uh, and I think him and Suter will be our number not sent two central defenders at that start, assuming they're fit. Yeah, Jock Saf mentioned there about the, the qualities that Connor Goldson has brought to Rangers, especially um, this season, which I think it's been more stark than ever. They to see the contribution that Connor Goldson makes when he's when he's in the team, and that's that's been no more obvious than when he's been out. The team Connor Goldson's a vital part to to Rangers, not only from his qualities as a defender, but also his qualities as a leader, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's the vice-captain, isn't he? And he, he's, he's one of the vocal ones on the park in any game. Um, definitely leads leads from the back alongside Tav. And he's good, he's good marshalling, good communication. You can see that game in, game out, the way, the way he speaks, the way, the way he handles himself. And does the club very proud off the park too, you know. From, from speaking to recent or chat, he always seems to bump into him. Uh, he's always he's always um, always representing the club well. So whenever he's not on the team, he's a big loss. He's the first, you know. Everybody talks about it, but oh no, Goats is not playing. Well, it's always it's always a slight concern. So um, you know, ten weeks being out, you know, it's not ideal, especially coming to important qualifying uh, Champions League qualifiers. But I think. Um, Beal had said in the press conference today that the, that's an area they'll be strengthening in the summer anyway. So um, hopefully, hopefully it's one of those ones where you can start coming back. Yeah, just as you say there, Jock Finn Fogel also came into the comments. Beal has stated that another centre back will be brought in. I wouldn't be so sure any centre backs we have at the moment will be automatic picks next season. I find that really interesting that he wants to bring in a centre back, and I, it does seem to to point towards a Ben Davies exit, if if I'm honest. I think that's where it that's where the the replacement would would fit in. Are you you in agreement with that's where that looks like, um Saftar? I, I, Connor Goldson. Is that what Bill said? Has Bill said that that he's gonna he's gonna get another centre back? Yeah, he said that he said that centre back I think it was in his pre match press conference, maybe on Thursday or Friday, he spoke about another centre half would be would be part of the the the, peop, the the makeup of player that he buys this summer, so that points towards one of them leaving. Because, yeah, I think um, I think I didn't know that. I, I think that does read into Ben Davis. Maybe maybe uh, certainly not not in the picking order. So he might have to look elsewhere if he wants first team uh, football. And we probably will do that. Obviously, with the wage spell, I'm sure he's on a decent wage from coming from where he came from. So he might have to uh, be exited. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. It, it, is that a surprise to you, Saf? Uh, that's a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that that, that was said. I thought he would r still run with Ben Davis because Ben Davis, whenever I've seen him, he's not been a disaster. 
but he's not been great either. So he's been kind of okayish. Uh, and I thought he would maybe, because of the pace of Scottish football, the defensive nature of it, maybe grow into it. And Beal might give him a bit more time, i.e., next season, uh, with Suter, with Connor, with Leon King as well. So we've got a nice cluster of central uh, defenders. But if he's going to buy somebody else, maybe one will have to exit uh, as a result of that. Yeah, that's a surprise. What about you, Jock? Is, is it a surprise to you that we're bringing in a, a centre half? I would not. Hmm. I think a replacement for Hillander, yes. Um, but Davies going out the door, I I thought would be a surprise considering the money we paid for him. I you know, but then again, if these things don't work out, and if he's if Beal's not feeling them, then then yeah, I could see him. I could see could see could see him going over anybody else. Um, certainly. Yeah, there's a there's one name in the comments that that keeps coming up, and it's uh, it's the the guy. I think he was at Birmingham last year. Is it Trusty? Is his surname? Yeah. Is one that keeps that keeps coming up. RFC seventy two saying, hopefully Trusty most headers, blocks, tackles in the championship and good on the ball. On paper, that sounds ideal. Whether he would come to Rangers to be a a backup or to fight for a place when he's not guaranteed a starting spot. Will, will be really interesting. I know he was on loan at Birmingham from one of the from one of the top four clubs. So it'll be interesting to see if that one develops or if if we end up looking at, at another target or two. Um, Saf, I'm going to speak a wee bit now about the goalkeeper position. Robbie McCrory, I think he was four clean sheets for four before today. He had impressed in every game that that he played for us so far. I thought today was the first time he looked a bit indecisive and he looked a bit nervy almost and it's it's a bit it feels a bit unfair of me to say this but one one bad game it wasn't even a bad game one okay game where it wasn't it wasn't stellar and and i'm immediately thinking yeah we need someone else to be our number one next season has that been harsh on robbie mccrory i think so um I mean, last week, if you just take a step back from last week, he, he gave, I think he was very confident, very solid. He gave the team confidence when we needed confidence and when we maybe lacked it. And that kind of um, made us push forward as well, psychologically. Uh, I think today, if I was going to be harsh, he's kind of almost like a bit Alan McGregorish in some of his decision making uh, or, or um, uh, the way it panned out, but not, not really extensively so they only scored in the last seconds of the game as, as you know um i think i'm on record as saying the single i mean obviously football is all about opinions as we know and that's why we are here the single b- biggest mistake we made not to win the league this year was not to sign a goalkeeper last summer i think that for me that was the single biggest mistake we made we beat geo or, or obviously michael was too late by then the league was lost as you know by by christmas time anyway it was, it, we were always running behind by these eight or ten points um so yeah I, i'm really looking forward to you know we've had rumors about butler and another maybe keepers i'm really looking forward to a solid credible keeper coming in with robbie mccrory as backup as number two as well i think he's very solid i'm not going to judge him in the last 20 minutes of today uh, or, or one or two indecisive um positionings that, that happened today either. He's been very solid whenever I've seen him. He was solid when we had the uh, Hlander goal, um, you know, that, that that Celtic match as well. He was amazing that day, considering that was one of his first matches ever um, for, for, for the first team. So I think as a backup, 
to play, you know, maybe cup rotational uh, as well as we go into, well, we are very demanding league season as well as uh, hopefully a European campaign as well. But I would really like to see a solid, proper, spending a few million on a proper keeper that gives us that confidence to come out, collect crosses, good distribution, you know, short save, the usual stuff that we all want in a keeper. Yeah, Jock, Saf makes a, a number of good points there, and I'm going to ask you almost three questions in one here. But before I do, I'll bring up some comments. So Timothy Sharp saying that's his first away game in the league. We need an experienced goalkeeper. Joe 90 says, was eager to see how he, how he would respond to a fumble. He did relatively well, didn't get to him. Um, Prime time agrees with Saf, saying good points after. Definitely need an experienced keeper. Do you think it's unfair on on Robbie McCrory that we we judge him on one okay performance where he's made a where he's made a couple of of mistakes? And do you think we need an experienced goalkeeper next season rather than I guess pushing Robbie McCrory forward as our number one? Yeah, firstly, the experienced keepers, it's a must. Like Saf said, that, that's probably our, one of our biggest faults this season, was not getting a keeper in the start of the season. Um, you know, goalkeeper's a massive part of your back line. If your back line trusts your goalkeeper and your goalkeeper trusts your back line, you've got a hell of a solid foundation to build on the football pitch to go forward and win games. <laughs> and see that our biggest problem this season, last season, has been conceding multiple goals in games, making it life difficult for ourselves. Um, in terms of McCrory, he's under. I was mentioned in the group chat earlier. Um, he's under the a lot of um, uh, scrutiny at the moment because the jury's out on him because we haven't seen enough of him, and so he's got this chance. So you know, he didn't put a foot wrong last week. Like Saf said, the last game he played against Celtic, the Hollander game last year, he was brilliant in that game. Um, today, you know, he tipped one on the post. Uh, or the bar from Nisbet, the header, he saved that. It did one or two flats, but I thought they, they, they were being a bit physical with him. I thought they were crowding him, and, and so they were putting him under pressure. I think they were just trying to try and feel him out a wee bit here. Start, that was the first half of a couple of chances that come in and maybe flapped a wee bit at. But I thought he's done all right. And he, he, what the good thing is, is, he's quick. He reads the game well, and he's good with his feet. And that's what our, our goalkeepers have lacked the last two seasons. And we've seen that when we brought in... Um, the name's gone from me. The other goalkeeper, our third, our second good choice goalkeeper, John McLaughlin. McLaughlin, brain fart. So McLaughlin came in and he had a he was terrible with the ball at his feet. He panicked, he looked rushed, and he cost us a couple of goals. So McCrory, the ball was getting sprayed across the six yard box there uh, um, in the second half against Tibbs, and he looked so comfortable. And he did well, and he, he picked the right pass, and he was playing balls over the top of the Hibs front line, and and he tapped to set the ball moving. So he's definitely got the ability. Whether he's a number one, I don't know, but a backup certainly he could do the job, no bother. I think we're all in agreement about that one in terms of Robbie McCrory being the new Rangers number two next season, and it appears going by reports in the English sports media over over the end or towards the end of of this week that Jack Butland is going to be the new Rangers number one next season. Saf, I know you said that um, you'd like to see a couple of million spent on a goalkeeper. If it's Jack Butland, we won't have to spend a couple of million up front, but we'll probably have to spend a couple of million at least on his wages each year. Joe 90 says, I would love us to have a top experienced keeper. How much more football has Butland played the last few seasons than McCrory? This season, Jack Butland's been, I think, the reserve goalkeeper for Manchester United, 
he's a he's been in England international squads previously. Saf, are you would you be happy if Jack but Jack Butlin signed on the dotted line and was Rangers' new number one next season? Yeah, I'd be happy. I mean, I don't know much about him. I've not seen much of him, as you say, uh, Craig as well, because he's not been playing much. But I think we need to trust Michael Beale. We need to trust, you know, obviously he got January's window reasonably right. You know, obviously Cantwell, um, Raskin. Um, so we need to trust that. I need to give him that budget to buy an experienced keeper, uh, as Jock said as well. Modern day football requires goalkeepers to play out from the back, be good with their feet. And not just with their hands, and uh, we lack that. We've lacked that a lot, and and we've really struggled. We've struggled with. Um, again, I've seen. I see the stats all the time on social media. Our, our shots against and goals conceded. It's just horrendous this season. Um, and I think somebody needs to do some uh, more analytics around that. Why has that happened? Uh, as I said, McGregor this season was a season too much. Uh, he probably peaked. Uh, for the European campaign and or 55, you can look, look at the stats to kind of define that. Uh, definitely, I can't wait to get a, a keeper. And it just gives me uh, and sure all you guys more confidence that we're actually going to do something next season. Uh, you start saving shots for one, um, you know, uh, uh, and so on. It's always helpful when goalkeepers save shots, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Jock, looking at, looking at Jack Butland, he's 30 years old. He was making waves at Stoke City initially, moved to Crystal Palace. It didn't quite work out. I think managers, a number of managers changed at Crystal Palace and he kind of fell out of favour. He's moved on loan to, to Manchester United this season as a backup. Decent payday, I'd imagine, but not getting much football. It appears from the media reports that he's, he's chosen Rangers over a return to Manchester United in that role because he wants to play football, which is, is always an encouraging sign. He's 30 years old. Is, he, is it a name that, that pleases you on the face of it? It's Premier League calibre goalkeeper. Now, if you can bring Premier League calibre player into Scottish football, you're doing something well. Look at Campbell. Campbell's hit the ground running because he's a Premier League calibre player. So he, you know, he's, a, he's a cut above the rest of the players in this league, and he's shown that. Um, can't, uh, Butland, again, he's, come, he's 30 years old, so he's going to be coming into his prime years as a goalkeeper. If we can tie him down for a five-year contract, we should get the you know the best value out of him, especially if we're not paying a transfer fee. And then there's always that option that it could you know, we can make a return on him down the line if he you know if he wants to head back down the road. We can offer him European football. He's not going to get much of that down in the Premier League if he's playing for a team that's not anywhere near Europe. Um, and like you say, if he's not Man United, if he did go to Man United, he's he's, he's going to be a reserve, and he's probably going to be playing. Carlin Cup games and you know FA Cup games against um, the sort of middle team. So, like you said, the newspaper reporting that he seems to be taking a, a wage cut to come here. So he's looking to play football. That's a good sign for us. Um, so I'm happy. Butlins could be a good signing for us. I, I absolutely agree. On paper, he is it's a really encouraging signing and it's also appears to be smart business in terms of it being on a free transfer yes it'll be on decent wages but with so much surgery required on on the squad and obviously we've spoken previously about the the forward positions and, and the front three being such an important area for investment this this summer if you if you spent three four million pounds on a on a goalkeeper that's quite a significant portion of that budget that could be spent at the top end of the park that's gone. So the fact that Jack Butland 
would come in on a free transfer. It's it's really encouraging and it's brought in quality in an area without spending huge amounts of money. So on paper, um, I do hope that he comes and signs for us. I hope that we see that um, we see that transfer through and will be able to build on that for uh, for next season. Safta, you spoke earlier on about Michael Beale signing so far. You touched on Cantwell and you touched on Raskin. Todd Cantwell grabbed the third goal today. It was a very fortuitous goal in terms of the way the ball bounced off James Tavernier. The goalkeeper was yeah. right down the ground. Uh, but Todd Cantwell, again, much like last week against Celtic, was quickest to react and he was quickest to the ball. He, I, I have to be honest and say, he's a, he's a much better player and a much different player to the player I thought we were signing when I first uh, when I first saw that he was coming to Rangers, how impressed have you been with Todd Cantwell um, so far in the first sort of half season or so that he's been with Rangers? I think very impressed. He's he's settling really well, hasn't he? He's settled in well. He's got to the rhythm of the game, the rhythm of Rangers, what Rangers means to to the fans and so on as well, which is very important. And not just being a kind of player that picks up his wages and and does his job on a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, Going back to again, uh, going back to last week, he was exceptional last week, wasn't he? The way he played, the way he directed, the way you know, going out of tricky situations, and, and and his goal as well last week. And and today, again, going on about Tav, you know, Tav was there making that shot that then got the, got the opportunity for Cantwell to to score as well. And you know, I think he's been instrumental, it's been a great signing. So, certainly, Michael Beale has been on it in terms of his his. Uh, his window in, in January and fingers crossed he's got more of these kind of gems up his sleeve, whereas a goalkeeper or, or strikers to come. Uh, certainly, I think there's going to be a big change in that department as well. So, yeah, pleasantly surprised, pleased, um, fingers crossed. Only the start, because he was highly rated, wasn't he, at Norwich in terms of uh, his quality and, and even fees and so on. So if he can get to these kind of levels come next season and even... He's, he's a type of player I get a sense of that will do well for us in Europe, assuming we do well as a team. You know, he can really kind of click and that kind of slower pace might even benefit him as well in terms of uh, passing and movement and so on. So really excited for him um, uh, next season uh, as he kind of gets into the, the team and the culture and the playing style and so on. I have to agree with that as well. Jock, one of the things that surprised me about Cantwell... I knew he was good on the ball, but I did not realise how good he is off the ball and how how much he con- he would contribute to the way that we press teams, to the way um, even just having that physicality to to win the ball back in areas high up the park. It's not something that I had previously associated with uh, Todd Cantwell. How how impressed have you been with with Todd Cantwell? And obviously his performance again today was was really good. Yeah, he's 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 had the ground running, and like you say, you're, he's not not the player I expected either. I didn't expect him to be as physical as what he is. Um, certainly doesn't shirk away from a challenge, and if somebody puts one on him, he goes and finds him, and makes sure he gets one back at some point in the game. Um, he's he's very cute footballer with his feet. His link up plays good. I think he's he's. I just I would love to see him playing in the same team as Roof because I think him and Roof. Would have a real partnership because Ruth is a different animal to the other sort of strikers we have, and I think Cantwell is the sort of person that could get the best out of Ruth. Um, so I'm just looking forward to see more of him. I'm, I'm actually gutted that the season's ending. You know, 
in two games time because I'd if he'd been in for the start of the season because I think he'd only would have would have got better, better as the season went on. It's, it's just a shame the season's going to come to a halt now um, for him. I am not sad to see the back of this season. I think it's fair to say. I I will be more than happy when the final whistle blows at St Mirren Park next um, next Sunday, and we can start looking looking ahead to the changes that are coming at Rangers and to the to the Champions League qualifiers again, which um, which will be um, refreshing as a as a new start. Albeit, I probably want us to end up in the in the Europa League. And uh, Jock, you mentioned Kamar Roof there. It's not. It's one of these guys I forget is even part of the Rangers squad these days. I don't expect to see him much next season. I think he'll still be a Rangers player because he's got a year left in his his deal, and I can't see anyone I can't see anyone coming in for him. But I uh, hopefully there's a few better strikers. I, I, that's about harsh on Kamar Roof. I really like Kamar Roof. He is a, he's a really top quality striker when he's on the park. He's just not on the park anywhere near enough, and and that's where that's where the issue is with that one. Well, I mentioned that Kamaruf has a year left on his contract. Michael Beale uh, mentioned that on Tuesday this week, we will be, our Rangers will be releasing details of all the out-of-contract players who will be leaving the club this summer. There are some obvious names, I think, on their staff in terms of Alan McGregor, Ryan Kent, Alfredo Morelos. We've not heard anything yet on Scott Arfield. Is there anyone else you expect to be on that list? Um, I don't think Arfield will get a contract personally, but uh, who knows? Obviously, he he got one last last uh, last year, um, extension. Uh, I don't think he's got a contract, but I think Sakala might be um leaving, and I, I would personally um sell him, and give him some money for other other strikers, um. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, Kent, Kent and Morales, obviously, they're, they're going to be going. I think they're, they're not going to resign. Um, and they'll, they, I'm sure already they probably got some some positions lined up, whether that's in, in England or in Europe, um, somewhere. There may well be others on the fringes or off the team that will be looking to, to go. But that certainly that's kind of a good kind of summary there, Craig. Yeah, John Weir points out that uh, Hollander as well will be on that list. So I'm interested to to know why you don't think Scott Arfield uh, will be getting a new contract. I think the Paul McGarrigal uh, points out in his comments just flown off the screen as I did that. Um, remember when he's Scottish players, Arfield gives you that. I think r- r- that was part of the reason why people were happy to see Ryan Jack sign a new contract sure, sure. this year. Do you think that could play into Scott Arfield getting another another year and what, why is it that you you don't think he will be offered a, another I, year? I mean, true, I get that point, but I think, okay, Scott Arfield's come on, uh, he comes on, he gets behind and he's scored now and again, or he's made some chances and movements or whatever, but is that enough? Is he past his peak, well past his peak? Do we not need that resource, whatever wages he's on, um, to maybe bring in somebody from, from one of the, a uh, gems from one of the English leagues, uh, that's you know, seven eight years younger to try try their chance with us, and um, perhaps uh, I just feel that I just feel that he's get he's very old he's getting older he's past his peak he's helping us a little bit, and clearly he, ha- he has his moments obviously the Aberdeen match, um, uh, away you know uh, pre- in, in in previous months was was uh, he did well there, 
Uh, but is that enough? I, I just feel that maybe that resource can be used elsewhere with a much younger player from one of the lower English leagues. That's just my feeling feeling around that. And whether we need to be top-heavy in some of these more experienced players, as I said, we've got Jack. Do we need Arfield as well as part of that? Yeah, I think it's a fair question, and I would I would agree with it in some extent in terms of a lot of our senior squad players have been there too long. They're not contributing enough. Um, year on year, you look at Steve Davis, for example. He's been he's been non-existent for much of this year. Obviously, he's been injured, but even before then, you could tell he's 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 a, not his ability because he'll always have his ability, but his form had dropped off the edge of a cliff, and he just wasn't having the same impact on games. Jock, do you agree with Saf that we might offer Arfield a new deal, but we shouldn't? Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I think if they had, I think they would have announced it alongside, um, alongside Jacks. So I don't think, I don't think he's getting anywhere. I think, like Sassy, I think they might free him up along with Hollander, uh, McLaughlin, uh, Scott Wright, you know, Sakala goes as well. I think, I think there's going to be a bigger turnaround of players than we think. And I do think we need to get rid of some of these JR desk players that have been around for that length of time, we need to give Beal his players of his choosing to mould the squad his way and not have relics <clears throat> from four or five seasons ago still sort of being relied on. Harsh calling a 35-year-old a relic, but um, I'll, let you, I'll, let you <laughs> off on, I'll let you off on that one. Um, I, I think Scott Arfield, um, he, he's one of these guys that I would, I would love it if he came on every every game and he contributed the last 20 minutes and he was scoring goals, but he's playing one in every 10 games or something like that. I don't think he's offering enough for us to be offering, offering him a new contract. I was actually more more in favour of, of, of giving him that one-year deal, but Saf, you kind of you can switch me around on that one uh, with, with your argument. I'd agree we probably need to reinvest that, that money elsewhere to... To add to add in um add, add in experience but also have that contribution to to the team as well there's plenty of comments coming in saying there's too much deadwood agreeing with you jock around the the players that um that were here from gerard i think going kamara is one of those that, that we'll see ex exiting this summer um probably not quite for the seven million pounds or whatever it was that nice offered last year he'll be lucky to get two or three i think which is a real shame because He's, a, he's an absolutely smashing player, but he's just lost his way completely this year and he's, he's struggled to find any sort of form whatsoever. So it'll be interesting to see what that list looks like when it comes up when it comes out on Tuesday. I doubt we'll see any any surprises if we're honest, but it'll be um it'll be interesting nonetheless to to see that. And that'll be the first step in reshaping the squad. Michael Beale also mentioned that he's hopeful of get of um announcing the first signing. Uh for Rangers on Wednesday. Michael Beale said a lot publicly that then has not come to fruition as quickly as he as he's previously mentioned. So it'll be interesting to see if that does get over the line on Wednesday and ex exactly who it will be. I think there's three players that have been that have been rumoured to, to have pretty much already signed. Jack, Jack uh, or be close to signing Jack Butland, as mentioned before, was one of them. Kieran Dowell, the midfielder from Norwich, was another, and then Dujon Sterling. Um, from Stoke uh, this season, or I think he's a Chelsea player, but it's been at Stoke this season is is, is another one, the fullback. So it'll be interesting to see who that name is 
on, uh, on Wednesday. Paul McGarrigal saying here I'm selling Glenn Camaro on the cheap. He's a full international. That's a couple of million straight away. I just don't think he's offered us enough this season. And I do teams go back a couple of seasons and look at what he can do. We saw in the European run the value he offers us. We've seen in games against Celtic in previous years what he can offer us. But I think teams will look more at what he's done now than than what he's done previously. And that's where I believe the, the valuation will drop for Glenn Kamara. We're, we're uh, approaching the hour mark, so just to touch on some more of today's events, but not at Easter Road. We'll touch on the, the final day of the, the Scottish Women's Premier League at Ibrooks as Rangers took on Glasgow City. And across, uh, across in the East End, Celtic were taking on Hearts. There was a bit of a weird three-way, three-way scenario in which any of the three teams could win the league, depending on how the results panned out. Rangers, I believe, could could win the league if, if they won the game and buy more goals than, than Celtic won their game. Today, Celtic would win the league if they won their game and um, Glasgow City drew or lost. And then Glasgow City would win the league if no matter what, if they won the if they won their game at Ibrooks today. By all accounts, it wasn't a, a great performance from, from the women's team and it probably sums up um, a bit of a malaise that's that's dropped across the women's team this year, which has been really disappointing to see, especially with the, the level of investment that that has been went into the, the women's team. And I think we'll see some change over the summer when it comes to the, the management and coaching team on that front. Rangers will end up losing 1-0 to Glasgow City in the 92nd minute, which I'll leave you, I'll leave you all um, up to decide if it's any sort of conspiracy or any or, or any any sort of stuff like that. Rangers actually equalised and I think it was the 94th or 95th minute only to see it um, rolled out. Had that goal stood, that Rangers goal would have won Celtic the league, which wouldn't have been the, the best moment we've I think we've ever had. But there is a fantastic video going around and it's extremely petty, but it's, it's ideal for a Sunday. I think it's BBC Sports Scotland of when um, when the, the crowd at Celtic Park heard that Rangers had scored and they were going to win the league but didn't realise it was disallowed. Um, so if you do enjoy a bit of pettiness on a Sunday night, then then go look that one up on Twitter. Jock, finishing third out of really a, a, a three-team league, um, I think we've got the highest... Uh, the most investment in the in the in the women's team out of out of that whole league, it's it's just not acceptable, and it's 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 one that needs to change. It's it's another area of the club, I guess, that that needs to go through the pretty similar process to what the first team is going through to reset and revamp and go again next year. Yeah, I think it's, they'll be disappointed, obviously, with with what's been put in. Like you say, there's there's a lot of financial sort of muscle being put into that side. And it's not paid off this season, so they'll be disappointing. But the plus side from it was the, the amount of tickets that the club managed to sell for for the game. You know, the, the last game of the season. You know, you can't you can't really argue much more than that. At least you take it that far. I know it's, it's not the result I really wanted, but to, to see this open the stadium up and keep keep opening up, and because the demand was there, it's a good thing you see. So. Um, you know, plus with the minuses in that kind of sense, you know, it's um, a bit disappointing campaign for them, um, particularly with what sort of happened pre- earlier on in the season, um, sort of the negative press that, that was there. 
So to end on the, the season, a disappointing note. But I'm sure they're all dis- disappointed. Like you say, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be changes over the summer. Yes, uh, as Jock mentioned, it was a fantastic crowd at Ibrox today. Well over 10,000 fans there, which I think is the biggest crowd Rangers women have ever had for a game. It seems the women's team is continuing to grow in popularity. How much How much do you see that continuing as we as we go forward and, and um, Rangers fans who've potentially only only been interested in or paid attention to the men's team starting to pay more attention to the women's team do you see that that continuing and it and it keeps yeah i think i see it i'm not gonna lie i'm not i'm not i'm not um i don't watch women's football that often to be honest with you uh generally speaking um but globally women's football popularity is increasing uh we can see that even you know certainly coming from the states where it's been very popular for many many years um, as you said yourself, Craig Rangers have put a lot of investment into the women's team in terms of resources, and and it's a shame not to get that return on that with a with a title win. Um, and it's good to see even here in, in the UK, Scotland. I think Newcastle had a women's football team match, and there's like thirty thousand or forty thousand turned up. It's a crazy number. I can't remember what what it was, but it's a big number. And it's good to see Ibrox. You know, ten thousand is a, you know a lot of people. Um, Fingers crossed, uh, we get that department right as well amongst the men's team, amongst other areas that we need to get right for next season and, and beyond. You know, another thing on the to-do list for Bishcroft to, to get right. Yeah, James Bisgrove has got a very, very busy summer as soon as he gets his, his feet under the table in that, that CEO yeah. role. He's, um, I think, all, area of, all areas of the club from first team to women's team to B team to academy. It's a full revamp and even the boardroom getting a full revamp as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops over over the coming weeks. Um, but, but I think there'll definitely be some development on that one. We've just passed the hour mark and I think we'll round it off there. So firstly, thank you very much to Jock for joining us. Cheers, Jock. Thanks for having us, Craig. after. And Saf, it's been great to have you on again. It's been a while since we've been on a podcast together, but it's always enjoyable. Yeah, pleasure again, uh, Craig. Fingers crossed when we're next on. Uh, if it's not before the season, we're we're starting to win again and talk. <laughs> uh, it's been it's been a bit of a disaster this year, with little highlights uh, at all. I, I, as you said earlier, I'll be glad to see the end of the season. Yeah, I, I will be too, and I'm sure we'll be on talking about some some transfers and hopefully some positive transfers as the summer goes on. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. Please remember to like the video if you've enjoyed the content. It helps us out massively please leave a wee comment as well if you've got any questions or if you've got any points that you agree or disagree with that have been made in the podcast in terms of what's coming up we have myself back tomorrow night live at 6 30 p.m as we start to look, look ahead to the midweek game at ibrooks as rangers take on hearts we'll also discuss the player of the year awards which i believe are going on just now although i do think that um, from what i see on social media james tavernier has run absolute riot at those awards, some I see. I've even seen some people question: Should the awards have gone ahead, given how poor the season has been this year? So we'll discuss all of that and the, the fallout from that tomorrow night. Um, and then we'll be back live from Ibrooks from the press gantry on Wednesday night with a full match day level of content. Thanks very much, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the TII YouTube channel or whatever you you listen to your podcasts and turn on those notifications as well so you get a reminder every single time we go live or a new video is uploaded. Thanks very much again. Until next time, goodbye.
Podcast Network.